Welcome to Strung Out, the podcast that looks at life through the lens of an artist. Your host is the artist, writer, and musician, Martin Lawrence McCormack. Now here's Marty. Hey, great to have you with us on Strung Out. I'm Martin McCormack, and I wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. We're coming up into the high holy seasons of the holiday rush. But one way I wanted to do it was to celebrate the release of the new album, A Million Roses. And this is a solo project that I worked on during the pandemic and finally now have it out there. You can listen to it on Spotify. You can find it on all the other sites like Apple Music and the such. Or just ask Alexa to play A Million Roses by Martin McCormick, and she will for you, lo and behold. More importantly than that, I encourage you to please download it, because that helps me immensely. What I'd like to do is just give a little background on some of the songs, and that's what this show is going to be all about. So let's start with the very first song, the title track, A Million Roses, and I can give you a little background, and then we'll listen to the song. Way back in the early 1990s, Switchback took off on the road. Brian had moved out to northeastern Iowa from Chicago, and we played a little town called Wakan, Iowa. And Wakan was quite an unusual town at that time, still is, but in those days, it had even a kind of a far west feel. It was, it just had that kind of a feeling of cowboys, if you will. There were people in the town that even rode horses. I remember one time walking out from where we were playing at Dar's place and going across to the bar across the way and opening a door, and out comes this guy I, riding a mule. It was that kind of rough, thick-necked kind of town and loved it. I loved it because it was a breath of fresh air coming out of Chicago. There was a lady there. Her name was Maxine, and she was quite a character. She would wear all sorts of costume jewelry. She would hang out at Dar's Place, the local bar that we would play at, but she was known throughout the town. She would go around walking. It's a small town, and she had, like I said, the jewelry. She had a handbag. She would dress elegantly. She had her hair piled up on her head. I don't even know to this day whether it was a wig or not, but I will assume it was just real hair. But she was, I guess today we would say she's on the spectrum or something like that. There was definitely something that wasn't 100% with her in the way that she related with people. There was a little bit of a gap, if you will. Yeah, you wouldn't just have a conversation with her. You would have an experience. One of the things that I could tell was a giveaway was way that she would use cigarettes as a crutch. She would have a lit cigarette always. And to the point where it wasn't really being smoked as much. It was just sitting there in her fingers. And her fingers themselves, the fingers on her right hand were like nicotine stained. And she had these very big, thick eyeglasses that made her eyes look a little bit larger. And she was a diminutive kind of lady. She wasn't tall or anything like that. But 
when I would look at her, I could see that back in her younger days, she must have been quite a looker. Story went that she was the beauty queen, that sort of person. And she fell in love with a guy and ended up going up to Alaska. Some sort of tragedy unfolded was what we were told. And whether it was, you can figure it out for yourself. But that traumatic change in her life, uh, she came back to Wakan eventually, a broken person. And this was the person, Maxine. She was quite eccentric. She told me that Xipad was named after her. And uh, hey, if you got to have something named after you, why don't you go for something that uh, a lot of people rely on, right? But over the years, we would play for her and she would come into Dara's place. We'd give her a special little introduction, if you will. She would come to the booth. She would be like a very nervous kind of person. Her hands would shake a little bit with that cigarette. But we would play Ain't Misbehaving for her. And that was her song. And she would do a little dance. And this is a Harley Davidson biker bar, but very tolerant of everybody moving around. The town folk all fit in with each other. Maxine was a regular and a regular in our life. We got her to be the cover girl for the Nancy Whiskey album of Switchback. And that was a big coup because Larsh Bristol, who was this wonderful photographer, shot a lot of stuff for Marlboro cigarettes back in the day and was a scenic photographer as well. A lot of picture books about Iowa and such. Just an amazing photographer. He was really jonesing to try to get Maxine and trying to figure out a way, how could I get her without her being spooked away? And so this was it. We did this photo shoot and she participated and it was great. When Dar's place burned down, a lot of things changed. A guy who was living above it was disgruntled one night. He was kicked out and went back after everything was shut down and torched it. Just sad. Ended an era. And Maxine, as she got older, she was in the county home and then later a different place. And it was during the pandemic I found out that she had passed away. And it saddened me because it was just this closing of a door. And uh, the one thing that her caregivers would talk about were uh, that she, as she got older and more bedridden, would look out the window and she would see flowers, the roses in a garden. She would say, I would like to come back as a million roses. That's what I want to do when I come back. And that was the inspiration to this song. So in honor of Maxine, I'm going to play for you now, A Million Roses.
and ragged road The love that was so fleeting Never laid me low Martin McCormick has been painting up a storm for his second annual holiday greeting card. Two for Joy features a pair of spirited magpies flying above a snow-streaked mountain forest. These 5x7 limited edition greeting cards are sold in sets of 15 for $29.99, shipping included in the U.S. Let Marty's magpies and their sprig of holly berries carry glad tidings to your loved ones this season. Order online today at martinlawrencemccormack.bandcamp.com. Click on the merch button to place your order. You can also order through the link in Marty's newsletters now through December 31st. Happy Holidays from Marty Fine Art. All right, let's move on to another song that I think is interesting and needs an explanation, and that is a song called Rapid Fire. You have to really check out the lyrics, and if you want to look at the lyrics, again, go to Martin Lawrence McCormick at Bandcamp.com. Just look up Bandcamp.com and type in Martin Lawrence, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, McCormick, and you'll find it. This song was written in response to what was going on with the Kyle Rittenhouse and all the the pushback against Black Lives Matter and that turmoil and trying to understand the mindset of these people that did themselves, I guess we could call them Christian nationalists, very patriotic, but in the sense that they're racist. So with Kyle Rittenhouse, I felt compelled to step into the mind of these people. And that's what this song is all about, is that idea that we're going to build a wall to keep people out. We'll just ignore them as we hear them scream on the other side. The idea that I'll bet my soul on Plymouth Rock, that symbolism of we're here, it's ours, nobody else. Very nationalistic, very tribalistic, and we can see how dangerous it can be. Proud Boy, all those kind of groups, they're really quite twisted when it comes to history and their take on history. And I decided the best way to deal with it, to try to expose it, was write a song. And of course, the whole thing with Rittenhouse was that he was there with an automatic 
machine gun in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and had it all set to rapid fire. And that's what this song is all about. So let's give a listen to the song Rapid Fire. You're listening to Strung Out. Rapid fire. 
All right, we're back. I want to play now a song that I wrote for my wife, Annie, way back when. And uh, for me, I've always written songs, and there are certain songs that just uh, I personally consider not really fitting in the mold of what I do when I work with Brian with Switchback. I think Switchback, we've developed such a different sound, but that that shouldn't stop either of us from working on songs or ideas that don't necessarily have a home with Switchback. It's only going to feed the creativity. And I wanted to write a just a simple little love song about her. And the one feature that always captivated me was she has a great dimple. And that's the whole inspiration for the song was the idea that we're going to run through this life together. So let's give a nice little listen to Run With You. Run with you, run with you I swear I'm pretty 
All right. Going to give you one more song for this show. And one of my favorite songs on this album is Let's Rodeo. I have to give you the background on this song because this goes back to when I was a kid and it had to be probably around 1970. We were at the Jackson Hole Rodeo in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Back in the day, my grandparents had a cabin in Moran, Wyoming, Buffalo Valley. And so it was a big thing to drive into Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole at that time was not destroyed like it is now with a lot of big multi-million dollar homes or things like that. It was a cow town and there was a feeling at the time like, let's not try to become Aspen. In fact, people would talk about that. We don't want to be Aspen. We want to be Jackson Hole. Those people lost. But we would go into town occasionally to catch the rodeo. And the Jackson Hole Rodeo in those days was very laid back, very organic. And what I mean by that was that these guys would haul in their busted up trailers, bronking horses and their Brahma bulls. Nothing was gleaming. Nothing was state of the art at all. It was real cowboy. And they would pull open the gate and out would go a guy riding on a bull. And you were right there. Stands were dilapidated. The, the cowboys themselves, nobody wore uh, hockey helmets in those days. You wore a cowboy hat, and they were the local ranching guys that were coming in to get on a bronc. And uh, it was cool. I had my cowboy hat, and I thought, man, this is it. I want to be a cowboy. I want to get on a horse like that someday. But the one event that happened at this particular rodeo was that they had a guy that came out there and he was on this bronc. And this bronc threw this guy and proceeded to dance all over his face and all over his body. It was not pleasant for anybody there, but especially for the city slickers and the tourists, because what happened then after that was they got to him, they got the horse away from him, and he's lying on the ground. Uh, and I remember clearly people starting to clear out of the place, but the rodeo announcer was, don't worry, folks, don't worry, we're going to get an ambulance out there right now. And out comes then into the ring this small Toyota pickup truck, and a couple cowboys get out of this thing, and they have a sheet of plywood. And they lay the plywood next to Jim, and they slowly roll Jim onto the plywood and pick him up and throw him in the back of the truck. And the announcer, of course, says, Jim, wave to the people. Let them know you're okay. And so Jim feebly waves to everybody, and out goes this truck bouncing its way to the Jackson Hole Hospital. So all of that wasn't lost on any of us. And, you know, the one thing that this particular announcer would say anytime you went to the rodeo, he'd go, let's go, let's go, let's rodeo. 
And I thought to myself, man, someday, you know, that's just such a, a nice line for a song. And we're talking decades ago now, so changed. I wanted to capture that whole feeling, that whole excitement of being at something that was very semi-pro and very dangerous, very risky. Anybody that's ridden a horse, just normal horseback riding knows the risk involved. But when you get on something that is determined to throw you, it's a whole other ball of wax. So let's enjoy. Let's rodeo. Better. 
going to leave it there. There's some other great songs on there on the album. Thumbing Your Way Across Heaven is a song that I wrote in honor of the late, great David Lyons, who was a singer-songwriter out of Evergreen, Colorado. Dave introduced me to the Starlight Ramblers, a group that my brother-in-law up in Montana first uh, turned me on to with a little cassette tape, and then it was so cool to be able to play with these guys. One of the joys of being a musician. But when Dave passed, I just had this image of him hitchhiking his way across heaven. And of course, the pandemic was going on, so I felt like I was running like hell through hell. And some of the other songs on there, Nipperson Creek, an homage to my two best friends growing up, John and Dave, and we would fish the Nipperson Creek, and we usually caught hypothermia because we went to go out there in late April, the first 45 degree day and the snow was still melting and was just ridiculous. But we would do it because we wanted to fish. So this album is very much memories that I threw together. And I'm so grateful to everybody that worked on this album and participated. And I hope that you will again, download it, A Million Roses, and support the music. Until we talk next week, I wish you again a happy Thanksgiving and the start of the holiday season, wherever you are. Remember, please be good and do good. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this show or a transcript, visit martinmccormack.com. While there, sign up for our newsletter. See you next time on Strung Out. Joy's giving us that.